hope you're doing well. Thank you again so much for being here. Uh, you catch us in be- really in between a series. We just finished a series called Pivot, and next week we're going to start a series called Zoomed In, uh, Winning at Work. And uh, just in the middle of that, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about a particular topic that some of my mentors have challenged me over the last three months to... To, to dive into. So if you don't mind, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you some of the things I've been learning as I try to dive into uh, this, this topic today that I want to share with you. Um, it, it, it started in this passage we talked about last week that's in Second Peter chapter number 1, verses 3 and 4. Here, here's what it says. It says this, seeing that his divine promises has granted us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Here we go. For by these he had granted us to us his precious and magnificent promises. Why has he given us these promises? So that by them you may become partakers in the divine nature, having established Escape, excuse me, the corruption that is in the world by lust. Here's what he said. He's given us these promises. And if you, if you and I know them and walk according to God's word, then these promises will be ours. And when they are, then we will, two things will happen. We will, we will look more like Jesus. And then, listen, we'll escape looking like the world. I want to talk about the the concept of faith and the concept of promises. That's what I want to talk about today because it's been rocking my world. And I know there's somebody that needs this word today. So if you don't mind, let's pray. And then I want to jump into the word on today. Anyways, come on, let's go. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for for leaving us 7,000 promises in your word that you have granted and you desire to allow to be reality in our lives. Will you awaken us to these promises so that we can have access to them? And by that access, that we might look a little more like you and a little less like the world. Will you lead us now? Will you prepare every heart now for what you want to say to us today? Uh, we will be so grateful if you will remove all the distractions so we can hear from you on today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So um, I, I want to go to a passage of scripture found in Matthew chapter 17. <laughs> Matthew chapter 17. And really, I want to start by reading the, the only one verse, and then I'm going to go back and unpack the whole passage to get to what Jesus really meant when he said what he said to his disciples. Matthew chapter 17, and I want to go to the verse number 20. Will you go there with me? Matthew, the 17th chapter, verse number 20. If you have pencils, if you're on your phone, get your highlighter out, your little finger to highlight particular words. I'm going to give you about three of these words that I think you need to highlight, and I think it will make sense as we walk through this text on today. Matthew, the 17th chapter, verse number 20. 
<laughs> oh, this is a word right here. Verse number 20 in Matthew chapter 17. Here is what it says. And he said to them, speaking to uh, his disciples and everybody else that was there, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith, here we go, the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Here we go. And here it is, the promise, and nothing will be impossible to you. If you have faith, if you have faith, not big faith, the size of a mustard seed. He says, then you will say to this mountain, move. And uh, the mountain will move from here. You'll say to it, move from here to there. And it will listen to you and move. No, that sounds crazy. For those of you who are not um, 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 Christ followers, that's what, okay, see, this is what I don't like about Christianity. You guys are crazy. How are you going to mean move a mountain and say move and a mountain move? I know, no, just, just stay with me a little bit. Just stay with me a little bit. Here we go. And then he says, and nothing will be impossible to you. I want to highlight for you the word faith, if you don't mind. If you mark in your Bibles, highlight, highlight the phrase mustard seed. And then I want you to highlight the, the, the promise. Here it is. Uh, nothing will be impossible to you. Here we go. Let's see if we can get through this text on today. Now, it's a fascinating text because it starts in, 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 in Matthew chapter 17, the first part. This is where Jesus took his, his, his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He said, I want to, I want to, I want to show you something because you're going to need what I'm about to show you when I leave and go back to heaven. You, you got to remember. Jesus is on a mission to train his 12 men. He knows that he's going to leave them and then he's going to go to heaven and he's going to give them this thing called the church, the bride of Christ. And they're going to have to take this, this, this bride and they're going to have to lead it forward when he's gone. In light of that, he knows he has to give them these challenges as they go so that it can increase their faith so that they will be able to handle the leadership of this beautiful thing called the church. In light of that, he goes and he takes them up to this mountain. And while he's on this mountain, uh, Jesus is transfigured. He's, he's, he, uh, he, a little bit of his glory is revealed. But then in addition to that, um, Peter, James, and John are sitting around and they see, they see Moses and they see Elisha. They see the one responsible for, for the law and they see the one responsible for the, for the, for the, for the prophets. And then they see Jesus, all three of them. Peter, as he always does, opens his mouth too quickly, he is unaware of the environment that he is now in. Some of you do that. That's a whole nother sermon all by itself. There are some environments that God allow you to go in when you need to know to not open your mouth, but be grateful and shut your mouth and just be grateful that God elevated you to a platform where all you need to do is learn. But that's another illustration for another time. What I'm trying to suggest is Jesus took them there because he wants to highlight two things. Number 
Number one, he wants to increase their faith. Number two, he wants them to get a glimpse that when he leaves, he is coming back again. And so he needs to, he needs to inform them of that so that when he leaves, they are convinced based on their experience that the God of the universe is, is left heaven, put on dirt, came to earth, walked with man, and is about to leave again. And Peter, James, and John needs to know that. So they're coming off of this great big experience with Jesus. Now that's on top of the mountain. In the valley, the story we're about to hear, uh, the other nine disciples are down there. And they're trying to, watch this now, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to heal a sick boy, but they're trying to do it in their own strength. So they can't do it. So Peter, James, and John, they're hyped. They just saw Jesus, uh, at least partly, in his glory. And they can't wait to come tell everybody else. And when they walk down, they see the, the disciples, uh, their heads are down. They're frustrated. They don't know what to do because they tried the same thing they saw Jesus do, but it didn't work. And so here comes this, this, this young boy who has been, who has been sick from birth. And now they're saying, what do we do, Jesus? What do we do? That's the story. Mountaintop experience with Jesus. Now you're in the valley and things are not working the way they're supposed to work. Oh, I'm taking my time today. Oh, there's a story here. I promise you this. I've been studying this for the last about five months because my mentor said, you need to learn. You need to go find out what Jesus says about faith. Ah, because when you're, when, you, when you're going places you've never been before, you need to make sure you're not doing it in your strength, but you're doing it in God's strength. And what that means is you're going places where you've never seen. And if you've never seen it, you need God, the God of the universe, and his confidence to walk into the new territory that God's laying out for you. Listen now, family. Listen, 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 listen. So... So the disciples are there and they're wondering, why couldn't we heal this boy, he, the, the epilepsy? Uh, why couldn't we leave? Why couldn't we heal him? What's wrong with us, Jesus? So I want to talk to some people today that have a mountain before them. The text says, the text says, the text says, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and the mountain will move. That's what the text says. But there's some of you today that have a mountain, but it's not just any mountain. It's a mountain that's been plaguing you for a while. Let's talk about the boy for a moment. This boy has, 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 this, has this condition and, and he's possessed by an evil spirit. And the evil spirit will take hold of him sometimes and throw him in the water. Or sometimes it will throw him in the fire and he goes from place to place. But he, the, 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 the boy never knows what he's going to do because he's possessed. So much so that his, his mountain didn't just impact him, it now impacted his whole family. Because now his dad, while he's at work, never knows when he's going to have to run home to take care of the boy, who again got thrown into the fire, or perhaps thrown into the water, and he could drown, or he could burn to death. So now you've got a mountain that's always around you. It's one that you can't shake. You've been born with it. So I want to talk to some people today who for sure enough have been through something. But I'm not talking to the Sadida people today. I'm talking to the people that got a mountain above you. And you're trying to shake this mountain and you can't shake it. 
that's who I want to talk to today. Let me tell you who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the person who knows what it feels like to curl up in the bed and to cry and cry and cry because they can't shake the mountain. That's who I'm talking to today. I'm talking to the person today who, 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 who when, you, when, you, when you go to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, you have to get up because you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow because this mountain looms large over you. I'm talking to the person today who, 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 who you've got psychological issues going on and you cannot find any peace no matter where you go. I'm talking to you today. Because you can identify with this boy. His whole life, he's been going through it. His whole life, he's been plagued with it. His whole life, he's been bothering his parents, telling them, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. His whole life. What do you do? When you have a mountain like that. That every which way you go, this mountain is right there. All you see in front of you is a mountain. That's all you, you can't even see life because the mountain looms large over your whole life. Ah, if that's you, get your coffee, sit back down and watch what God's going to do in your life today. If that's you, maybe for you, it's, that's not it. Maybe for you, God's been telling you that you need to, you need to start doing something else and you need to jump out and you need to start and you need to engage in your entrepreneurial spirit and you've done what he's asked you to do already, but you're just afraid to go and this mountain looms large in front of you. I want to talk to you today. Ah, I want to talk to you, but, but hold that thought, hold that thought, hold that thought. Because first of all, I want you to notice that the disciples come down, Peter, James, and John, but the nine disciples are there. Watch the text now. So here are these nine disciples trying to, trying to cast this demon out, trying to heal this young boy, and they can't do it. So then Jesus says, let me come in here, let me heal them, but don't forget what he is doing. He's got a plan. He's got to train these men because he's leaving, and when he leaves, they're going to have to run the whole show. So here's what he does. He says, hey, young bucks, come over here and hang out with me privately. So Jesus says, it's school time. Let's go to school for a moment. So Jesus says, hey, disciples, come on over here. Get your little books and let's go because clearly you tried to take, you tried to take that uh, demon out and you couldn't. And you tried to heal that young boy and you couldn't. So let me take you to school. Let me help you out and learn, teach you something really quickly. You learn most from your failures, not from your successes. Listen, don't forget it. Don't you ever dare forget it. You see, I learned a little bit of something, something in successes. But you learn a whole lot when you fail. You see, you know, you know why I live over 70% of what I make today? Because of failure. You see, I'm not that smart. I'm just so stupid. But I learn from the stuff that I go through. You see, woe is the person who keep failing and keep not learning nothing. God's saying, the re- the, one of the reasons why you fail is because I want you to learn something in the midst of it so that it can catapult you to the next level. He wants to teach you something. Come on with me. So he says, disciples, let's go to school. 
um, disciples, you need to know something. Um, when it comes to this thing called the mountain, disciples, I need you to know that, by the way, if you don't have a note, all of this is what I'm saying is in your notes, okay? So go download it, or they're going to put it up on the screen. You can get your notes right there, and then you can go from there. But it's all in something that looks like this, all right? So here's what he says. He says, he says uh, number two, second thought, he says, you don't get the victory because of how big you are. Jesus says to the disciples, here's the mistake you made. Um, you went over here and you thought that if you just looked at what I did in healing others, you could do the same thing. You see, disciples, you went in to this situation thinking you were bigger than you really were. You're thinking you could handle it in and of your own ability, in and of your own strength, and that you would not rely on me to handle this situation. So he's teaching them now because when he leaves, he's not going to be there, and they're going to need, and you're going to need, to trust and to have faith in Jesus to pull off what he's asking you to do. You can't do the impossible apart from Jesus, which is why you need him. So he's saying to the disciples, you walked in there too big. You walked in there thinking, you saw me do it, so you can do it. And he's saying, whoa, the, the beauty of it is not how big you are, it's how small you are. If you notice the entire Bible, all God does is he takes small people and have big victories. You see, the problem with some of us is we are, we are too educated, we are too smart, and therefore we rely on our own understanding, our own education to get the victory. God says, that's not how I work. I took a dude called Ehud who had a shriveled hand and you had to use his left hand. But I used him to defeat a big king with thousands and thousands of men all around him. He said, come here Gideon. Gideon, you don't get it. I don't need 32,000 because that would mean you're using a big situation to solve a big problem. That's not how I work. I use a small situation. Just give me 300 men and I'm going to use those 300 to take on this big army but when I'm done you're going to have a big victory I don't care how big your mountain is God says don't flex before that mountain because it has nothing to do with you if you're going you to learn this when I leave disciples you need to know that everything you do you got to depend on me not depend on your own ability oh I'm going somewhere today but I'm preaching to myself first because I needed to hear this so that I can lead better than I currently am and not just lead based on what God has already done, but what he's about to do in the future. And if you're going to get there, then some of you, you know what some of you need to do? Some of you need to blindfold yourselves right now so you can't see your current situation because you're so focused on your current situation and your bigness, you can't see where God wants you to go next because you're so, you're so impressed with where you are right now. So he continues. That's just my second thought on my first point. Come on, let's go. I ain't done with you yet. What's number three? Third thought is, you need to notice. The disciples need to notice. Here's what you need to know. That when Satan comes by, he can never create anything. He can only duplicate what he's done in the past. Oh, it's going to make sense. Only God can create stuff. Only God can create something out of nothing. Let there be light. Boom. And there was light. 
Satan can't do that. All he can do is duplicate something that's happened in the past so that he can trip you up in the future. Okay, you're not feeling me. Hey, come here, David. Come here, David. Hey, lion. Come here, lion. David takes the lion on. Okay, let me give you a beer. David takes the beer on. Ain't nothing changing. He's not creating anything. He's just duplicating it. Come here, Goliath. He's just duplicating it. David, take down Goliath. Come here, Saul. He's just taking him down. Why? Because the devil cannot create. He can only duplicate. So whatever the mountain is you're going through, let me give you some good news. You have defeated it before. It's just gotten a little uh, a little larger. So your assignment it is. Y'all, I'm just getting started. And don't let me sweat out my jacket today. But I'm trying to help somebody today. It's just a duplicate. You have had this victory before. It's just got a little larger. But the same God that brought you out before will bring you out right now. Don't forget it here today. I'm trying to help somebody. Don't you ever forget it. Satan, he can't create. He can only duplicate. Come here, disciples. You're in school, disciples. You're in school. <laughs> You're in school, disciples. Come here, come here, come here, come here. You see, the problem sometimes, though, is not on Satan's part, is not on the mountain's part. Sometimes, the problem is you. You see, because every now and again, when what you see in the mirror affects how you see the mountain. You see, the problem is that you so fixated on the mountain but you don't see yourself the way God wants to see you okay you're not feeling that somebody's not somebody at home talking about I can't be bothered with that preacher I can't be bothered let me come here to me let me help you out I want you to look around you right now look around you look around you look around you oh, oh here's what you see you see the sofa over there you see the um the television you see the game room if you're real city, or you see the bathroom if you have a real small place, or if you're in a, if you, <laughs> or, or if you're in a studio, you see the bedroom and you see the kitchen, you see it all in one place. Some of you, you're out running right now. You're jogging, you're walking, you're on your boo holding hands and you're walking. You know what you see? You see houses around. If you're real city, you see a lake. If you're not so city, you see other apartment complexes. Whatever it is, but here's what you, you can see clearly. Everything around you. Here's what you can't see. You. You can't see you. Here's what that means though. You can see the mountain clearly, but you can't see you. So for you to define you, you've had to get it from what somebody else has said about you. Or when you look in the mirror and therein lies your problem. Because too many of you have heard for too long a time that you weren't going to amount to nothing. That you can't do that. That why would you even try to do that? That didn't your mama tell you you weren't going to be nothing? And all you've heard is negativity your whole life. And so you can't face that mountain because of when you look in the mirror, you don't see anything but a person that has failed in the past. Okay, you're not feeling me. Go to Numbers, the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers. They sent them out to spy. They sent them out to spy. And you know all they saw? They said, we see giants, we see giants. But what can we do? Here we go. They called themselves grasshoppers. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. How you know you're a grasshopper? Because that's what somebody said about you. Oh, you're still not feeling me. Hey, you're still not feeling me. Adam, Adam. Yes, God, we're naked. How you know you're naked? Because somebody told you you were naked. See, the problem in church sometimes is that you listen to everybody else, but you don't want to listen to God. And you have, if you're going to move that mountain, then you've got to have a right perspective of who God's called you to be and how he's created you and how he loves you and how he has purpose and plans and privileges for your life. Because if you don't know that, if you don't see that, if you don't walk in that, if you don't experience that, then the mountain will always engulf you. Can I get a witness in here, somebody? My God, my God, my God. All I'm trying to suggest to you, I'm just at the mountain. I haven't gone to faith and I haven't gone to mustard seed yet. But we're getting there. Come here. Come here with me, somebody. We're getting there. So all he's saying is, if you're going to overcome this mountain, you've got to have a proper perspective of who God has called you to be. Look in the mirror of God's word and get your definition of who you are from him that's the only way you're going to get to the mountain and that's the only way you're going to defeat that mountain all right so here we go so we finished the first part we got through it that's the mountain let's go to the second thought that's the first phrase he said they said they said in um in matthew chapter 20 here's what they said they said and he said to them because of the littleness of your faith for truly i say to you if you have here's a word say with me everybody faith if you have faith i'm not getting to the size of a mustard seed yet i'm just want to talk about faith right now so turn in your notes and let's talk about this thing called faith because he says if you have faith then he says the size of a mustard seed then you're going to say to this mountain move and it will move now here's what the text says number one first thought first thought is it says it says um the concept of it is this faith is defined by the substance that it's attached to. Faith, 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 faith. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say if you have large faith. No, no, no. If you have little faith. So you don't need a lot of faith to move the mountain. All you need is a little bit of faith. But faith becomes important because now you have to ask, what is faith attached to? Because the substance of your faith becomes what's important. The disciples attached their faith to their experience with Jesus, but that was not enough to heal this young boy. Some of you are attaching your faith to your education, but that's not enough to, for God to do what he wants to do in your life that has never been done before in your life. So the question becomes, what is the substance that you are attaching your faith to? And the concept then is, if you attach your faith to God and your belief in God and that he can do whatever he says he's going to do, now you're set up to have faith. And you don't need a lot of it. You just need a little bit of it. That's the issue. Here's how it goes. The text says, um, um, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, for, for, for um, it is impossible without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoa. In other words, you can't please God if you don't have faith, which therefore means a lot of us are walking around here not pleasing God because we don't have faith. 
No, I didn't say you didn't believe. Oh, you believe. The devil believed too. I'm talking about you putting your faith in motion, which is the only time you know you actually believe what you say you believe. It's only when you actually walk it out. That's why he doesn't say, that's why he doesn't say that you, he said, the text says, you need to walk by faith. Not, you need to feel by faith. Not, you need to cry by faith. Not, not you need, he says, you need to walk by faith. In other words, it is only when you walk out what you say you believe that you are actually believing what you say you believe. Ah, you didn't get it. Come on down with me a little further. Come on down. Here you go. Next thought is this. Next thought. Next thought is this. Number one says, to realize his promises, we have to rely on his integrity. Hold on. Think about that for a moment. For the promises to be real in your life, these promises, these 7,000 of them that he wants for you, for them to be real in your life, you have to rely on God's integrity. We have a lot of people that believe that God is all-powerful. But when it comes to your life and him helping you through a situation, you pick up your arms and you try to pull it off yourself. Because you think you're more powerful than God. The challenge we, we have as a believer and a body of believers is that we believe a lot about God but when it comes to actually walking out what we believe, we find out and we realize that we really are calling God a liar. We really are. Because we say it, but when it comes time to do it, walk it out, put it in motion, we don't do it. Number three says this. When we don't exercise our faith, we challenge God's integrity. When we don't walk it out, God, God is clear and he says he wants you to go in this direction. But you are afraid of it. You don't know what's going to happen to you if you move forward. Well, when you are, when you, when you refrain from doing what God has clearly said you ought to do, now you're questioning God's integrity and you're actually calling God a liar, which therefore means the promises that you want to be revealed in your life can never be revealed because you're questioning the God. Of the universe. You said, Pastor, I don't get it. I don't get it. Peter. Peter is on the water. He said, hey, hey, God, I, I see you walking. I see you walking. Can I call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on to me, Peter. And Peter steps out. He, he, he knew who God was. He knew and he had faith in God. So when he says it, he says, yeah, let me, let me step out and let me start walking. And he starts to walk. But the moment he starts to look down... And realized the circumstances around him and took his eyes, therefore his faith, off of God, he starts to sink. Because everybody will sink if you're not believing the God that you say you believe. Therein lies our issue. So then what is faith, Pastor? What is this faith that he's asking us to have? Here it is, number four. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. When God's called you to do something, you're going to act, God... I know, I am convinced that this is you. I'm going to step out and I'm going to trust you with this. That I'm going to, I am convinced that you are telling the truth. Now, here is why most theologians don't like this passage. You ready? Come here. Because when you have a mountain, now the problem becomes, there's some mountains that God put there that he don't want to be removed. So now how do you know? When it's a mountain that God wants to be removed and when you want it to be removed. 
Come here, come here, come here, come here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come here, Apostle Paul. Come here, talk to us a little bit, Paul. Paul says, God, I got this thing. And I don't even, he doesn't even describe what it is. But I got this thing and I want to get rid of it. And God, it's on my nerve every day. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I I do, do I shouldn't be doing. But God, I'm struggling with this thing. It's a mountain. And God says, no, 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 no. That one's there to keep you humble. (laughs) That one, it don't matter how much faith you ask me. That one is there to keep you humble because of your assignment you need something for you to always remember that your strength comes from me and not from you so Paul no that mountain needs to stay now what that means is you got to have a relationship with God so much so that you know the voice of God when he speaks to you to tell you what he thinks you should do that's the that becomes a challenge See, um, 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 um. Moses' mama, come here, Moses' mama, come here, Moses' mama. Um, they're going to kill all your babies. They're all babies they're going to kill. So, so Moses' mama says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God. It, it's a mountain. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to put it, the baby in the river now. And, 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 and God, whatever you do, you do, but I'm going to trust you. And whatever you do, you do. I, it's out of my control. It's all your control now, God. I'm going to, by faith, trust you. The baby goes down. And God in his sovereignty decides. I'm going to let Pharaoh's daughter pick him up. And then I'm going to let her need some help. So she goes from all the way down in the dungeon all the way up to the palace. Why? Because God wanted that mountain removed. You see, it is your relationship with God. Personal relationship. Word after word after word after word. That determines whether or not you have a mountain that needs to be removed. This is not just about give me more faith, God, so I can move whatever I need in front of me. You've got to ask God, God, is this one you have left here for me so that you can get the glory out of it? Is this one so that you can keep me humble because of it? Or is this one that you want removed from my life? So on the first part, I'm hyping you up that, that, that nothing is impossible. Absolutely, that's true. But it all depends on your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why you can't just, just, just say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. No, it all depends on your relationship. My son, my son, um, I mean, he, uh, uh, when he was small, um, he would, he would always go on the bed and we have this little ritual. He'd come in and, um, I'd get up and he would stand on the bed and then he would jump to me. So this, this boy's getting heavier now, but, but he still does it today. And he's just saying, hey, dad, hey, dad, hey, dad. And I turn around, boom, jumps on me. But that's not where it started. That's not how it started. It started when I used to tell him to do it. I said, hey, buddy, jump. I said, no, because he thought he was going to fall. I said, you know, son, but, but, but I'm here. I'm going to catch you. And year over year over year, I keep pounding the word to him. Son, dad's going to catch you. I keep pounding the word to him. Dun, dun, dun. And so the next time he said, okay, 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 let me try. And he jumped and, and, and I caught him. The more... He jumped, the more confidence he got. The more I put the 